Good afternoon, and soon to be Merry Christmas for everybody. Uh, just a couple days, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. It's one of my favorite times of the year, Christmas, when we all get to be um, with our families, uh, hopefully. And again, if you don't can't be with your family, be with the Holy Family. They'll accept you and spend time with the Holy Family. If you're by yourself, uh, don't do this alone. Christmas is not about being alone. It's about being a part of the family. So be part of the Holy Family, be part of God's family, and uh, you'll have a great Christmas. So again, this is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, and we meet every week as of right now, and I just answer questions about uh, how to be people of hope, the teaching of the church, and which is hope itself, the teaching of the church, and Jesus, who is incarnate hope. And so especially as Christmas is here God says to the world, there's always reasons for hope because of Jesus. So the first thing we need to do, of course, is pray. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. He who is the light that pierces the darkness of our world and of our hearts. He is your gift to us to save us. Father, we truly need saving. We can't do it ourselves. And so we thank you for the gift of your Son, that he was born to save us from our sins. May we truly receive him, not only in word, but in actuality. May he be born in our hearts this Christmas and take full control of our lives, that we may always please you, Father, as Jesus did. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, again, the way this works is if you're live, you can type uh, questions in the comment sections, and I will get to them as I can. Also, if you're uh, watching, you can just send things to uh, the Reason for Our Hope Foundation and put on the title uh, podcast and then they'll print it out and give it to me like I have a bunch of them here that we'll be able to go through today. And again, it's just a time to really uh, have a conversation about uh, being a disciple of Jesus and being people who bring hope to the world uh, in spite of ourselves. I know it's always in spite of me. So um, I went and did some Christmas shopping. I did a lot of Christmas shopping. And uh, oh my, I buy for like 60 people with my family and everybody included and my staff and uh, friends that have been in my life for a long time. And so it's always a, a lot of work. And so today I finished the uh, uh, setting up our creche at the parish and um it's all ready for tomorrow, and I have uh, Father Mac has the 415 Mass, and I have the midnight, and then the 830 and the 11 on Christmas Day, then all the Masses on the, the next day, the Sunday. And it's, again, every year when I come, we have a beautiful, if you're in Erie, Pennsylvania, make sure you stop at the parish. The parish is open during the week from about 630 in the morning to about 415, Every night, it won't be open on the Monday and Tuesday immediately following. 
uh, Christmas. We keep the church open during the day when there's someone sitting there watching the video cameras because we've had problems or in an inner city parish. And I would have the church open 24 hours a day as our adoration chapel is. But people come in and it's been very problematic. And I'm not concerned so much about the church. I always say it's God's church. He should take care of it. I'm always concerned about the people. Um, People have been... uh, accosted in that in our church and so we never want anyone to feel unprotected so but again you can come in and see our beautiful uh 51 piece nativity set from Oberammergau, germany i got it in 2010 um we went over for the passion play and my church had um ordered one from Oberammergau, you know 100 years ago it's our 156 second or 53rd or 54th anniversary and uh, the world war started so we never got it so it was still on our old book uh, and so I sat there and says well when I go over there if I find anything uh, we'll pick it up and so the first night we got there nothing was open it was uh, late at night and we're driving up and in this window is this beautiful nativity set and I said this is it uh, 51 pieces, hand-carved, gold uh, uh, gilding all the way around, it, gold leaf all the way around. And I thought, there's no way we can afford this as a parish. But after I saw it, I just said, okay, I'll take each piece and I'll put it out if people want to get it in memory or in honor of somebody. And in two weeks, every piece was bought uh, in honor of somebody. So it really is one of the most beautiful nativity sets anywhere uh mary has her arms open and um they're swaddling there and there's jesus laying in her arms it's beautiful it's just beautiful um and so hopefully during christmas sometime i'm going to sit there and do a video of it and i'll show everybody our beautiful church and the uh all the pieces and nativity set and um for you to meditate on because it really is a glorious thing but again if you're an eerie stop by see it um it's it's just very very beautiful okay so let's go right in and answer some questions uh, as we get ready for christmas so i'm not expecting many people to be on here because i'm expecting people to be uh wrapping things like i was wrapping right before i got here so Hi, Father Larry. We're about to drive home from Children's Museum in Max's Allegheny Tavern. Been there, yes, many times. Merry Christmas from all the walkers. Thank you. And thank you for all those who have sent me uh, uh, gifts and cards. And uh, I always appreciate uh, that. It really uh, uh, it just makes me feel that, you know, somebody cares. And that uh, just reaching out, those of you who have taken care of the parish, those of you who have taken care of the foundation, um, very important those of you who have sent uh gifts to me and cards um i just appreciate that all so much and i just thank everybody who has done that thank you okay audio is great today john we made sure i still have no idea what happened last time so it's just hope it doesn't happen again no idea anyway is the Mary from Martha and Mary gospel story the same Mary who washed and dried the feet of Jesus? Is she a different person than Mary Magdalene? We do not know. Um, we have, throughout uh, the centuries, we've melded the two together. 
But the only thing we know about Mary Magdalene is she was the one that had the demons and that taken out of her. Um, so we don't know if it's the same one. And again, there was many um, Marys uh, during that time, so we really don't know. Um, I don't know what the la- latest uh, scriptures uh, scholars would say about that because um, I'm not really one that keeps up with all that stuff. But when again, when I was in seminary and I've talked, they don't know if she was the uh, one or not. But uh, Mary Magdalene was the one who, um, of course, was the witness to the resurrection. So that's always a glorious thing. But again, I don't know. Uh, a teenager asked me if tattoos will be part of one's glorified body. <laughs> what do you think? I don't think so at all because we're going to get new bodies, uh, a glorified body. So, um, no, I would sit there and remember even this, again, the best thing to deal with all this stuff is whatever happened to Jesus happened to us. So when Jesus was resurrected, the one who knew him one of the best is Mary Magdalene, and she did not recognize him because he was totally transformed. And so... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think that we would have them anymore. We'll have a transformed body. Julia Ryan. Hey, Merry Christmas, and thank you and your husband for the beautiful gifts. Um, they're very, very nice. And even that uh, thank you for the Amazon gift card, too. But they're beautiful. I was, I sat there, and I go, what is this? And I opened them in front of and all my staff uh uh, really liked it. And Diane, who was with us on the trip, she thought, oh, how they're beautiful. I really love the, um, the opener, too. It's very classy, very, very classy. Thank you, too, very much. It was very nice. Merry Christmas to you. Again, I'm going to be coming out to uh, down in San Diego. I get there on the 17th, but I'm leaving on the 18th for uh, a couple days in Vegas with some friends. And then I'll be back there on what's at the 22nd or whatever, uh, three days, three nights I'm going to be in Vegas. And uh, everybody's saying, Father, what are you going to do in Vegas? Eat. <laughs> That's about it. You know, when people are, are walking, they're going, because uh, I don't have my clerics on, but people recognize me all the time, you know, and so they'll sit there and say, Father Larry, what are you doing in Vegas? And I go, the same thing you're doing in Vegas, but I don't gamble, but I do... Uh, I love, love, love the food of Vegas. And then I'll come back to San Diego. Um, uh, So 18th, I'll be gone, 19th, 20th. I come back on the 21st. I think it's that Friday later on the night. And then I'll be there to the following Wednesday. So we'll have to get together for lunch or dinner or whatever during that time. We'll give you a call as I get there. But I will not. I'm only coming in the one day and then leaving the next morning for um, Vegas. don't worry, not doing anything bad. All those people are saying, Father Larry, Vegas needs saved too, you know, just trying to tell you. <laughs> anyway, so again, thank you for the wonderful gifts. Um, thank you for the homilies, very good. Hello, Father Larry, God bless and protect you and your family and ministry. Wishing you a, ha- a happy, blessed, and happy Christmas. I get to, I'm going down, I won't be at home for Christmas this year. Again, I'll be home for Christmas Eve though. And so I go down tomorrow at, uh, I'm taking my mother to breakfast, well, late breakfast at 10 o'clock with my brothers and sister and my stepfather. And then I'll take all the gifts and that down. Then I'll come back for the 415 mass and I'm going to cook dinner. Um, people have been very wonderful and sent uh, me some uh, 
Omaha steaks. So I'm going to have some fillets and do the cooking tomorrow. So I'm going to be a chef tomorrow night while Father Mac has the 415 Mass. I'll be in there cooking some of these uh, beautiful fillets and all the stuff that goes with it. Uh, And so we'll have uh, Christmas Eve dinner, and then he's going to go to his family on uh, Christmas Day. And then uh, Father Rich Tui in Erie invited me to his with his family on uh, Christmas Day. Well, he didn't do it. It was really his sister that did it. So he was like, okay, well, if they did it, so I'm going to go anyway, whether he wants me to or not. And uh, spend about an hour with them and have dinner and that with them. So uh, that'll be good. And then the rest of the week is going to be just hooking up with people, seeing them for Christmas, having lunch and dinner, and seeing a lot of people will be in Erie. So it's a busy week, uh, but it should be pretty good. But thanks again for everybody and all that stuff. So my mother, hopefully we'll see how she's doing tomorrow. Let's go on here. What's an appropriate gift, Christmas gift for a parishioner to give their pastor? Again and again and again, the best gift you can give a priest, in my opinion. This is one that's been a priest for 32 years. Oh, how'd that happen? Anyway, the best thing to do for them is to, uh, I think, get an Amazon card. Um, because cash is like, eh, they just get thrown in with all their cash and put in the bank or whatever. If you buy them religious articles and that, unless they ask for things, like I always have online, a uh, on Amazon, you can, you know, like I have the, the Father Larry Richards, I didn't have much on there this year, so the wish list. And so a lot of times I'll have a wish list so you can buy specific things that the person's uh, asking for. And uh, then you can just get them and send them, and that's one of my favorite things. Um, but you know they don't. We don't. We have so many statues and religious uh, articles and religious pictures and everything else that those things that they look like. Oh, Father, I love this. It's just another one. So again, the best thing to get is um, um, Amazon gift cards. If you ask me, that's my favorite thing because then I have to use it to buy something on Amazon, something that I want or something I can use, um, and then it's a it's a great gift. You know. So that's what I always tell people. I think it's a great gift. Okay, God bless you, Merry Christmas. And Merry May, if somebody cares, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Cutting up a rutabaga. Ooh, rutabagas, I don't want any of that. Anyway, so thanks, Mary. Do-do-do, I don't know what that was. Here we go, Jay. Hello, Father. I was wondering in such a wonderful time, do you have any advice on how to deal with the grief and loss of our loved ones and still be present in all the joy of the season? The best thing to do is to know that your loved ones aren't gone, that they're alive and they see the face of God. And so uh, spend time with them that day too. You know, again, my father's been gone for almost 40 years and... uh, often during Christmas too, but almost every day I'll talk to him and just sit there and to, you know, relationship uh, don't end, doesn't end when someone dies. And what we do when people die is we let them and we remember them only the way they were. And that's so problematic because they're not there anymore. Get to know them as they are. They see the face of God. Remember, Jesus said to the good thief, Today, you will be with me in paradise. 
So today, they're not like waiting in the ground ready to, you know, wait until the end because God's an eternal now. So they're alive and they see the face of God today. So get to know them, develop a deeper relationship with them. And that'll help you um, tell them how much you miss them, how much you love them. Uh, and let them tell you that and pray for you and assure you that you're never, ever alone. Huh? That's one of the things I think that the way God has planned, especially as people get older, that a lot of your friends, family members have already been on the other side and they're waiting. So it's easier for you to go after that as that reality is. But especially now, there's so many young people who have died with COVID and everything else. I mean, it's just been horrible. Here it's been really, really bad. Uh, we just had someone that um, got COVID and was pregnant, delivered the baby. They had a C-section of the baby, and then the mother died because of COVID. And that just isn't in here. I've heard lots and lots of stories of this. It's just so sad. And I was just reading today about all these COVID orphans that there have been so many throughout, uh, well, not just the United States, throughout the world that lost both of their parents to COVID. And now um, they're COVID orphans. One of my friends on Facebook, she was engaged and she just passed away of COVID this week too. I know more people now who have died of COVID than I did in the beginning when everybody was most uh, crazy over all this. Now I think it's an eerie anyway. It's about the worst it's ever been. I ask people at Mass on Sunday for all the people who come to Mass for Christmas if they would, uh, I'm not telling them they have to, of course. I'm, telling, I'm encouraging them to wear masks to keep everybody safe. Again, some people get irritated with me when I'm asking for something so simple. But again, my job as a pastor is to protect everybody. So I'm asking how many will do it. I have no idea. Um, but it's a hard time now. And you, if, if life ends when a person dies, then this is it's just the saddest thing ever in the world. But for us who believe in Jesus, life just begins when you die just begins our time on earth is the first sentence of eternity just the first sentence of eternity so again everyone who's went before you um get to know them uh, as they are as i sent out in my letter to everybody for christmas again as i started in the beginning of this uh podcast today i say spend time with the holy family because that'll help you remember that your family is more than just your family at home. Your family is uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Watch Mary, Jesus be born. Watch Mary hold him. Watch Mary give Jesus to you. I encourage everybody on Christmas Day to make sure you say the rosary and truly enter into the mysteries. Truly enter into the mysteries of the, uh, the joyful mysteries that day. And again, when you're meditating on the birth of Jesus, watch him be born. Be in that cave. Watch Jesus be born. Smell the urine, the hay, everything else. Um, hold Jesus for a while. And he'll give you a great Christmas. Ah, great Christmas. Okay, so hopefully that helps. Let's go here to one of the uh, emails that came in. Hi, this is a random question, one that doesn't have to do with the reason for our hope. There you go. 
not directly anyway. One of my goals for this New Year's is along with reading the whole Council of Scripture to read the Catechism, as I haven't read through it all yet. I was wondering if you have any resources for small group for that purpose through Zoom. Thanks, I pray that you have a richly... I don't have any resources, Tom. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great idea. When the Catechism first came out, I... Uh, I taught it, you know, so I went through the whole catechism and uh, right when it first came out, however many years ago, it asked to be, I was still living at St. Luke's, so it asked to be 25 years ago. I don't even know if any of those uh, uh, CDs and that are still around. I know we taped every one of them, but I have no idea whether we still have them or not, to tell you the honest to goodness truth. Um, but it was something we went through uh, and we had a fine time with, but there got to be, if you put uh, uh, stuff online, uh, just look for it, you might find something. But that'd be a great idea to do something like that again. Okay. Father, do you still have availability for a mission during, uh, before, not before Lent, during Lent? Um, yes, again, uh, we haven't met because this week I was so busy. Yesterday I spent uh, <laughs> most of the day buying presents. And I bought so many presents ahead of time, but I still had some last minute for family and that. So I spent the whole day yesterday. So I didn't have any meetings, nothing. I says, nope, no meetings today. Canceled staff, canceled everything. Just focused on getting in because it gets very stress-filled for me. And uh, I get irritable when I get stress-filled. So I says, this is the... Better for me not to deal with anybody, uh, just getting all this stuff done. So I got everything done. Now today I'm doing all the wrapping. So there you go. Uh, but as far as I know, just call Mary Therese and she'll tell you if that's uh, still available. God bless you, Father. My mother-in-law has been really cold towards my husband. Even if my husband doesn't express his feelings, I feel he is in some way hurting. What can I do? Hmm. I think the best thing we can do when someone's hurting is just be with them and listen to them. If they, uh, people aren't good about talking about things, but sometimes if uh, you're just listening to them or saying, or just uh, stating the obvious, you know, I know your mother's being cold to you, but I want you to know how much I love you and I'm always here for you and I'm praying for you. Very simple. Sometimes that's all they need. Um, but often I sit there and think, I wish, like if I'm having a problem with somebody, I wish somebody else would intervene and go talk to that person. So sometimes the best thing you do is talk to your mother-in-law and say, what's going on? You're hurting your son. Uh, is there anything I can do? And she'll say something maybe like, well, he should know why. And he might not have any idea why. So, but again, sometimes that's one of the best things because that's what I do. I'm one of these interfering type. If someone's, if there's a problem, I say, okay, let me deal with this. And I'll go say, okay, can we deal with this, please? What's going on with that person? Can you go and uh, talk to them and heal them and bring healing? Well, they don't understand. I know, and neither do you. That's the problem. Sometimes it's just miscommunication or no communication. And so someone has to start that ball rolling. Okay. Do, do, do. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Richard. Uh, has COVID recently still recovering? Had COVID recently. Very sorry. The worst thing to think about was, was how there might not be a priest available for me in the ICU. Hope you heard some confessions while you were there. Um, 
I was, I was, I did not have COVID and I was not in the ICU. I'm sorry if that, someone, but in our, uh, in Erie, there's uh, priests for everybody, even with COVID, you know, so we have a few priests, but even at the hospital, like my deacon's been in the hospital, which I haven't seen him um, because there's a priest there. So what they do is they don't want people to, to go in there, but they have certain priests that are going in, they dress them up at, uh, and that's happened the whole time in Erie. No one has ever had to die alone or with COVID without being uh, the sacraments of the church. That has not happened. Even if they did it um, remotely, meaning the priest went there and they couldn't touch the person, but the nurse and that did the anointing and the priest said the words of prayer and that was allowed from Rome. Uh, so we've always done something for people not to die alone and make sure they die with the sacraments. But even you got to remember that even if we weren't there, Jesus is there. See, sometimes I think that people forget that Jesus, who is God, can work through the church and does work through the church. The church is his hands, but he can work without the church too. He's God, right? He can do things, meaning that like someone's, if someone's dying uh, and they need baptized and there's an atheist there or a Jew there, if they say the, the sacrament and they do it with the intention of baptizing in the name of the church, that person's baptized. So um, God used an atheist or God used a, uh, a Jew or a Muslim or whatever to baptize someone in the faith. You know, they just have to say the words uh, and the faith of the person can bring the salvation. Also, if someone's dying, you know, you're in a car accident and uh, uh, you're going to die and you can say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And Jesus, the church is taught, can forgive you. The ordinary means of forgiveness and anointing is through a priest. But God is bigger than us priests. We got to know that and believe that that God is bigger and that uh, he loves us more than anything. And so he knows how everyone's going to die. He, knowed, he, he knew that the day he created them. And if they have a heart that wants to do his will, God will make sure they're okay. God is God. He's the most loving. God is love. So think about it. If I would do everything in my power to be there when someone was dying, so will God, please. Of course he will. So, yes, but no, I didn't have it uh, because I, uh, when all this happened two years ago, I had the sleeping St. Joseph, and I put under him, uh, Joseph, no COVID, please. And that was when we were really afraid all this stuff was happening and all the people I deal with and all the times I'm on the road and all the places I've been. And by God's grace, he's kept me healthy. I think part of that is because of my fasting and that, which I have not been doing the last week, um, because people have been sending all kinds of food, which is very bad, but very good. I mean, because it's Christmas, so I eat the, the cookies and the candy and all this stuff I shouldn't. And then right after Christmas, then I hurry up and get back on my fasting regime and all that stuff. So, But I always put some pounds on during Christmas, and I do it on purpose. And then, of course, in uh, January, I have to go see my doctor, and he yells at me almost every January. It says, Father, your sugar is higher, and you uh, put some weight on. I know. <laughs> I says, we'll get it back off. And then we do, we get it back off by God's grace. So anyway, there you go. 
Let us go here and see what else. Buy one catechism in a year. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, by Coming Home Network. Well, there you go. They have a Bible and Catechism in a year from Coming Home Network, and that's a great network, so that would be good. Jenny, Timmy says, if you're going to be Christians and you are not taking care of your own family, then you are falling in, failing in religion. You are worse than an unbeliever. Does this mean just the immediate family? Um, in those days, no, of course not. Your family was uh, like almost like a tribe, huh? And um, and that was uh, a, a big thing that we had to sit there and take care of people, of course, in that uh, in that time. So we got to make sure that uh, we take care of. And again, we take care of our family, the ones that are responsible for it, but the whole world is our family. It just is, and sometimes we just forget all about that stuff. Yeah, sorry, I have a ring doorbell, and someone is ringing the rectory doorbell, and I can't answer it, of course, but we have people that are there, so hopefully uh, they'll see them and take care of them. Okay, let's go here. Merry Christmas, Father. Will the devil be in heaven at the end of time? I have no idea, Gina. Uh, I would think not because he made a decision, an eternal decision. Um, but again, I always love when all of us, you know, there's um, lots of uh, Catholic speakers and question and answer people and they always come off and I do too. What are you going to do? Like we know everything and we know the mind of God and we sit there like someone said to me the other day, well, the church teaches this, 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 is this. And I go, well, what if I'm an atheist and I don't care what the church teaches? Well, then they're wrong. And I don't really care that you think that I'm wrong. I mean, again, sometimes we sit there and we have our own thing and this is the way it is and boom, absolutely. And not only do we believe this, but Jews believe this, but the uh, Muslims believe this, where everybody's right and everybody else is wrong. Isn't that amazing how uh, that works out? Now, of course, we are right because we're Catholic, of course. But the reality is... Uh, we explain things as best we can with the infinite, mysterious, almighty, triune God. But one of the things I learned when I was in seminary by a great religious sister is that God is always more. So we don't know. According to our teaching, of course, the devil made an eternal decision. Um, and so remember the sin against the Holy Spirit that can never be forgiven, Jesus said. Uh, you would imagine that Satan did that uh, sin against the Holy Spirit. But we don't know. I mean, we try to get into the mind of Jesus as much as we can. But uh, uh, we can make some uh, theological guesses, if you will, and says, well, of course not. But I always sit there and think, you know, like I always love when St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the greatest theologians in the Catholic Church, uh, sat there and said at the end, all everything I've done is straw. When it comes into the mystery of God, as much as all his summas and everything else, that it helps us understand things, but God is always more. God is always bigger. So the question is, will uh, the devil be there? And the answer is, I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> so who knows? Okay, let's go on here. 
Thank you very much for the firm mass a message after mass Sunday about masking. You are awesome. Thank you. We pray that people follow your words. Some of the ushers do not have vaccinations either. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, if uh, 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 if someone is an usher at our parish and are not vaccinated, they should not be uh, giving uh, passing the basket. I didn't know that, honest to goodness. I just don't get it, honest to goodness. I just don't get it. I went online and got a schedule to read the catechism in the air. There you go. Merry Christmas. Okay, so let's go for more, more things here. Hi, Father. We pray and watch or listen to your Mass every day. I've got a question. We noticed in the intercessions you would pray for a stop to the coronavirus, but not stopped last week. I don't, I don't know. I never know what's coming out of my mouth half the time. I just I pray. We noticed in the intercessions you would pray for a stop to the coronavirus, but not stopped last week. I have no idea. I was praying for people. I have a lot of people who have the coronavirus, so I've been praying for the healings most days. But um, uh, no, I didn't do anything on purpose. I pray that the coronavirus will stop yesterday. We need this curse out of our... And it's, it's interesting because... One of the um, things that happened um, with this new uh, uh, variant, the Omron variant, um, that people are getting it, they're not getting as sick, and it's uh, real intense, and like Africa's almost over it. So it's a real, but one of the great things about it is if, Enough people get it, and with the vaccination, people get it. But this could almost be the end of the virus because it'll bring natural uh, immunization. Again, I don't know that. You know, I was just reading yesterday about a a doctor who uh, was punched in the face because he was talking about, you know, really? I still can't believe, I, I just completely, every time us priests get together, the thing that's been fighting most in the church is over vaccine. It just completely drives me unbelievably mad you know like how does this stuff happen really this is what we're arguing about and everything else really 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 people look at google now instead of doctors because doctors are part of a conspiracy do people understand how weird this sounds and how absolutely crazy it sounds do you just get it anyway i don't care care. what are you gonna do God is in charge, that's all I can say, and he's in charge of healing things with a vaccine, without a vaccine, but we prayed for a miracle and God gave us one. It was a vaccine, I I completely believe it, just like he stopped polio and everything else through vaccines, he answers prayers and he answers them uh, sometimes with medication. God answers my prayer, you know, I've prayed to be healed of uh, uh, diabetes, I've had it for almost 20 years now. And God heals me through medicine. You know, that's part of the reality. Uh, can God heal me without medicine? Absolutely, positively. But God chooses to heal me through the gifts that he's given to the world. So I just believe all that stuff. We don't, uh, all truth leads to the same place. And uh, we got to believe that and start, uh, you know, using that kind of stuff when God gives it to us. Okay, please pray to say for my prayer for my granddaughters who are coming from lung surgery, of course. Speaking of an atheist, as John, imagine if you were an atheist stuck at a green light behind a car with a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker. <laughs> That's good, John. 
<laughs> That's good. Is Pope Francis dedicating this year to anything special? I don't, as of right now, I don't know, but who knows? Like when he started the St. Joseph uh, year, he announced it that day. And I'm like, huh? Huh? You're just starting this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, again, I always, I don't really uh, pay much attention to anything because uh, I'm, you know, I have I'm focused on all these things. And so only when I get uh, emails about what did he say or what did this go on and I have to go look it up and I go, I don't know if to find out here. So, but I don't know if uh, he has this year dedicated to anything yet. Okay, this is a heavy email. I need some help. I'm a cradle Catholic over the last year, so I've been deeply immersed in growing in my relationship with Jesus. Very good. Uh, do a morning holy hour, pray the divine mercy rosary, the rosary, divine mercy chaplet. Good. Read books to help me understand our Lord and the church. However, not once but twice during an intense time of prayer, I have an overflowing sense of fear in the presence of evil. During the most recent event, it was like a mirror was held up in front of me and all my sins were reflected back at me. It's an understatement to say it was very terrifying, I can imagine. During the same time, my son is struggling with severe mental health issues, which caused three recent admissions. He has expressed concerns that he thinks our relationship has caused him to have problems. The guilt was like a knife in my heart. Father, I have been through a heck of a lot in my life, but I've never lost hope like I have now. I feel so abandoned and alone. I'm struggling and feeling like I want to give up. What is the lesson here? Why would God leave me here and my son? Talk about a dark night. I'm very sad, first of all, that uh, this is happening in your life. I only can say, remember, um, in one of the stories called Night, uh, I forget the man's name, um, he was in a concentration camp. Anyway, during that time, there's a, a, a teenage boy, or maybe wasn't even a teenager, and uh, he was being hung. And so someone said, "Where is your Where is your God now?" And the man responded, "He's the same place he was when Jesus was on the cross." Um that our God is with us when things seem the darkest, that God is holding us. One of my, um, you know, friends is just going through a hard time, and I sent him the thing from Our Lady of Guadalupe, that am I not here, am I not your mother, have I not placed you on my lap and take care of you, is there anything else you need? This world is not our home. And God never promised us this world would be uh, free of suffering. In fact, Jesus made us a promise. He said, in the world, you will have trouble. But have confidence because I have overcome the world. We are in a world of trouble now in the world. And a lot of friends of mine are in trouble and they're in darkness. And they feel so abandoned by God. But just like when the sun is out and you look into the sun, you go blind. Sometimes God is so present in our lives that we feel like we're blind and it's dark. But God is right there. And so, 
the only thing sometimes we can do is just say, Jesus, I trust in you. Or you don't have to say what someone else said. Say, like I talked to someone the other day, I said, listen, you need to have a um, sit down, no hard, no rules barred conversation with God. Talk to him, listen to him, cry out your, your despair, your hopelessness, your, your struggles. And then wait. And sometimes the best place we can go is go to his word. Again, one night, I've told the story before, but I was at our late, I was St. Luke's years ago. I was an assistant there. There's a lot going on in my life. And I've struggled. Uh, I used to have depression about once a year. I used to get it in the middle of uh, March. It was almost uh, like clockwork. Every year I'd get it. And uh, now they got other things to help me with that. But, like, I'd get into this, like, darkness inside where, um, you know, when I was in college, I went to such, such, such darkness. I couldn't go to class. I couldn't go do anything. And there was two things. Later on, and, well, let's go back to the college thing. My, I was in such despair and such uh, depression, and I remember my eyelids, of all places, my eyelids would shake because um, I was just in such darkness. And I remember everybody was going home for uh, a break, and I went out to the uh, SVDs, had a place, and I asked if I could come, go out there and just spend the week of break in prayer because I was so... Uh, again, in distress and darkness. There was so much going on in my life. And um, I just kept saying the prayer of abandonment. You know, the prayer of abandonment from Charles de Foucault, who's going to be canonized here soon. And it just says, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Da, da, da. And then at the very end, it sits there. It says, I'm ready for all. I accept all because you are my father. And I remember as I kept praying that prayer, and one day I was in the darkest I've ever been. And as I finished that prayer, and the Lord said to me, he says, uh, so, can you get any lower? And I remember saying, no, God, I can't get any lower. I'm just in total despair and darkness. And then he said, am I not here? that the God of the universe was with me in the darkest moment of my life. And because he was there, and I knew that, I got healed. That didn't happen instantly, pretty much instantly, though, when I just remember sitting there, and he says, I am here with you in this darkness, the lowest, darkest, and still to this day the lowest I've ever been that I wasn't alone, that God was with me. And you got to know that. And that was, then I was in college, and then as a priest, I was going through another dark day, and um, I went at St. Luke's, and I went in the middle of the night in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I said, Lord, I'm a mess. And then I opened up the Word of God, as I tell people to do every day. I opened up the Word of God, and it sat there and said, let not your heart be troubled. 
Have faith in God and have faith in me. And it was like God himself reached into my heart and brought healing to my heart immediately. It was such a, because the word of God, again, it isn't um, a history book or lessons or moral lessons. The word of God is Jesus. It's living. It's the living encounter with the living God. And so when we're in despair and darkness, in sin, whatever we are, we can meet the God of the universe here. And he doesn't promise to fix things. But Jesus was so known for his healing of people. He can heal us. So when you're struggling, when your son's struggling, when things we're, again, I think that uh, some of the times that I have been most faithful to God in prayer, really uh, everything's doing everything perfectly, is when the devil, the devil comes after me the strongest and just comes at me and tries to rob me of peace and sometimes he succeeds. And uh, the only thing I can do is just keep coming back to Jesus and saying, what the heck? <laughs> Be honest with Jesus. Don't run from him. Don't pretend. I, that's why I don't take people that get real pious over these things. Oh, oh, it's okay. God willing, he wants me to suffer. Um, and I always say, uh, come on. You can... Um, you can get beyond these things. The God of the universe wants to do some great things with you. So do not be afraid. Know that you are not alone. So, and one of the things too that you can do is like when you're going through your darkness is offer up that for your son. Lord, I accept all this in my life. I abandon it to you for you to bring healing to my son. And then the more you suffer, the more you can bring healing to your son. You know, so there's no miracle here, or maybe there is, but there's no magic here. Just a hold on, hold on, hold on. He's not going to let you go, okay? Very good. He is with you. Just know it. Okay, let's go on here. I want to tell you, Father, my parish had Tuesday, Wednesday of Advent reconciliation attendance was the most we've ever had. Was most we've ever had. Was 10 to 20 deep. Constantly it's looking up. Absolutely. I mean, again, the people who are despairing about the church and the world right now just don't have faith. I mean... This is a different thing that we were just talking about. But people that look and complain about the world and complain, I'm just saying, excuse me. God is God. We know how all this ends. You know, just trust in God. Trust, 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 trust. Be one who brings light into the darkness. Be one who uh, brings love into hate. Be one who changes the world that brings hope into despair. That's what we got to be. That's what we got to do. And so 
when we're focused on doing that, then the darkness will run. When we're just focusing on the darkness ourselves, then that can be an unbelievable thing. So don't despair those people in the church. Things are only going to get better. <laughs> get excited. Okay. Is it to go to, okay to go to Mass twice in a day? Of course it is. You can receive communion twice in a day. You can't receive communion any more than twice a day. And again, the reason that was put in, because some people used to just go from Mass to Mass to Mass to Mass to Mass to get communion to get indulgences. And again, just to do that, it's like superstition, and it's uh, all selfish, like, oh, I need this. I need all these indulgences. I'm going to go. <laughs> like I had a guy in seminary used to kiss the crucifix. He'd just sit there and, because every time you got uh, kiss the crucifix, it used to be like so many years indulgences. So he'd do it all the time just to get the indulgences. He didn't do it out of love for Jesus, which would be a different thing altogether. He did it for himself to get indulgences, and that's, uh, where we have uh, issues when it comes to that. God is more than all those things, huh? So yes, you can go to Mass twice a day. Okay, we have a few more here. I'm not trying to drive a wedge, but I'm trying to figure out the general guidelines on receiving communion if you are divorced and remarried. I know several couples in this circumstance, but I never know what to say. I know some situations are very different than others, but it's so confusing and no one seems to know. Objectively, you cannot receive communion and if you're divorced and remarried outside the church, okay? That's the general guidelines. And uh, it's not uh, a pick and choose, it's just the general guidelines. So in my parish, I sit there and I tell people, listen, you shouldn't go to communion if your marriage isn't blessed. If I do a parish mission, I do the same thing. I said, but let's get it worked on and get it fixed. But the, the, if as a layperson, that's not your job to be telling people that they can or can't receive communion. Your job is to pray for them. Hopefully the pastor will have a conversation with them. But what happens is, is people uh, feel like it's their responsibility. It's not their, your responsibility. God will take care of them. And um, we can get these things fixed. And so uh, sometimes the pastor might know, so you could just say, uh, Father, without sounding judgmental, I know that there is a good many people here that are divorced and remarried that's receiving communion. Can you make a thing about you want to fix these marriages and to try to bring healing? So that's the whole thing. So no priest or no one will have a problem if we're looking at trying to bring healing to people because that's not judgment. That's setting people free. And so if we're doing that kind of stuff to help people, great. If we're doing things to make sure people don't receive communion because they'll commit a sacrilege, well, Jesus can take care of that all by himself, I promise you. But the pastor or the priest's job is to tell people the rules, uh, not to condemn them, but to set them free so they can become right with God and one right with the church. So that's the best way to do things, okay? Happy Advent, Father Larry. Happy Advent. On behalf of our Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your work. Thank you. I've listened to the Anchored in Hope pod being periodically, so if you respond to these questions, let me know. Can you, okay, I did this last week. No, okay. I did the thing about no salvation at the side of church. Uh, um, and that means there's no salvation apart from Jesus Christ because the church and Christ are one, okay? Yeah, all these things I answered last week. Now, let's see here, the last one. Let's get him out before this, uh, the year ends. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to be on next week. But I'm not sure if I go out of town, but as I'm not uh, right now, I should be here. Okay. 
I'm not sure it's the right place, uh, and I apologize if it isn't. However, I'm submitting a question for the Anchored and Hope podcast. Hi, Father Larry, praying for your mother. Thank you. I was going to ask if you could uh, dive in the significance behind Matthew 16, 13, and 19, and if you had time to talk about your stance on tattoos. My stance on tattoos, as long as they're not demonic or bringing forth the world, I think they're fine. You go to Franciscan University, I used to always laugh at all the boys down there had all these religious tattoos. I have a good friend who is a priest down in the Diocese of Richmond and has way, 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 way too many tattoos, but that's all beside the point. It's because he's vain. <clears throat> but anyway, he's a good man. I still have to get on his case. That's what I do, you know, get on people's case. But uh, it says in Leviticus, no tattoos, but it says no blood, uh, uh, you know. There's all kinds of rules in Leviticus. Jesus come to set us free from that stuff. But you don't want to have a, a devil on your arm. Or I had one of my kids, great, 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 great kid. And he had one day, he was so proud, he just had the sacred heart of Jesus over his heart. You know, it was brand new, very tender. And I went and we were at a young adult conference and I used to be a spirits director. And as he says, oh, look at father, I got this tattoo of the sacred heart of Jesus. And I went whack and I slapped it. And he goes, ah, and I said, now you have the, the pain of the sacred heart of Jesus and the suffering of the sacred heart of Jesus. <laughs> And I mean, I know I mean. Anyway, so, okay. So what's it say here? Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus went up to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Some say Elijah or the prophets. Simon said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah. Uh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. I, for my part, say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, of course, this is where God uh, founds the church. Notice he didn't found a literary society or a uh, library. He founded, it, he founded the church, and the church wrote the scriptures. So they go hand in hand. And then he gave to Peter the keys to the kingdom. And when he gives the keys to the kingdom of Peter, it's like if I have, I have a Pacifica because I have dogs. And if I throw my keys to you, you have the power to let people into my car and keep people out of my car. He gave those keys of the kingdom to St. Peter and to every Pope. That's why, again, the other day I was with priest friends of mine and they say, you're always supporting the Pope. And, you know, but I have dot to dot. And I say, ah, obedience is greater than sacrifice. I'll never be condemned by God for obeying the Pope because he has the keys to the kingdom. And also the promise of God is that the gates of hell would not prevail against the kingdom. That because of the Pope, who's the, the sign of unity, that's why when the Pope tells us to do something, we should do it because a sign of unity. Now, if he tells us to sin, that's a different reality. And again, people talk about this one's trying to get us to sin. Nope. He's not. He's not telling us to sin. He's uh, telling us to, uh, in fact, go deeper. And sin is, it isn't amazing that people can be very pure. There was like the story about the, the nuns in the Middle Ages. They were very pure in the reality of how they lived, but they were proud as devils. And sometimes we can be pure in how we um, live our lives, and we're so proud of that. And pride is the core sin. Let me just say that again. 
Pride is the core sin. So I, by being humble and being obedient, I will never, ever, ever be led astray. So that's why, you ever notice the people are the most anti-pope or the most angry people? And I know a lot about being angry. Too much. But when I'm reacting out of anger, 99% of the time, because I'm trying to, uh, I'm, uh, I'm fearful. And so when people act out of anger, and but it isn't even that. I can see people getting angry sometimes, but there are so many Catholics today that are angry all the time. And really, is that the way we are? Let's hope not. God is bigger than all of us, and that's not the way we want to end this thing for Christmas. I want to end by something Thomas Merton uh, did long ago, and I want to... Uh, I love to go back to this, and I put it out for my stuff in my parish for Christmas, and I put it out all the time. And so, and I love to read this again and again uh, for Christmas, just for my own meditation. So I want to read this uh, for you now, and this is how I want to end us and go into Christmas. The child that lies in a manger, helpless and abandoned to the love of his creatures, dependent entirely upon them to be fed and clothed and sustained, remains the creator and the ruler of the universe. Yet, in this human nature of his, he wills to be helpless, and truly so. For there is no mere matter of appearance here, the poverty of the child and of his mother, their loneliness and their deletion at Bethlehem, their elition, I'm sorry, their need for food and clothing and support, these are all as real as our own needs and our own limitations. And why? Above all, because of the reality of his love. He has embraced our poverty and our sorrow out of love for us in order to give us his riches and his joy. And he has become as poor as the poorest of us, so that no man may be held back from him by fear. For the love with which this divine child loves us is truly the love of a man-child, but also, and just as truly, the love of our Savior and of our God. The arms which he embraces us are not strong enough to harm any man, though they are the arms of God. What could be more evident than that God, who loves us and who hates nothing that he has made, does not desire to hurt us? Can God will anything but our good. No, it's we who plunge at our own destruction by flying from his love. Thomas Merton wrote that, and it's from the Nativity Kerygma. That this Christmas is a Christmas where God comes and shows us that though he is the God of the universe, he becomes a helpless babe to prove that he loves you. 
Know this Christmas that you are so loved by God. Thank him this Christmas for being born to save you. Thank him this Christmas that he loves you so much that he got inside of our skin to be with us, to love us, and to eventually die for us. He gives us everything. May we give him everything. Merry Christmas. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.